0: Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. Marriage isn't easy. The divorce rate around the world is ever-growing. And it's not just about the couple, it's also about the children, and the ripple effect beyond is often quite surprising. In Australia, one in three marriages ends in divorce. We're marrying less and divorcing more. So what's going on with our marriages our relationships. Dr. Sharon May is a psychologist specializing in the neurobiology of relationships. She's passionate about developing understanding, healing, and wholeness to marriages and also to relationships beyond marriage. Sharon works with couples, families, leaders, pastors, missionaries, churches, and workplaces. She's the director of Haven of Safety. She's an author, therapist, And the daughter of the legendary psychologist, Arch Hart. Sharon is in Australia for the Oasis Conference with the Mary Andrews College. Dr. Sharon May, welcome to Open House.
1: Thank you, Lee. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Look
0: forward to chatting. When did you first discover, pardon the pun, that you had a real heart for the whole question of relationships?
1: You know, Lee, I was at UCLA and I remember being a psych student sitting out in the courtyard watching students, how they fell in love, how they broke up or how they didn't break up when they really should have. And I developed an interest for why do we love the way we do?
0: And what's your answer? Why do we love the way we do or don't?
1: Ah, that's a good question. You know, Lee, I've discovered over the years, and it's nothing new, that we were really created and designed to be in relationships, that we flourish when we have someone we love, when someone believes in us, that when we are in what I call a safe haven relationship, um, our relationships are most important to us as as human beings.
0: Yes, in our well-being or not.
1: Absolutely.
0: I'm sure your family also wired you for this because, as I said, your father is such a renowned figure around the world, Arch Heart.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, Mom and dad have been what I call a safe haven to me. Mm -hmm. And I have there been given the freedom to grow and blossom and the encouragement to grow and blossom. Mom and dad definitely have been a safe haven for me and have given me the heart to Study and research, and then take what I have found to the streets, to the people to impact their lives.
0: How has your thinking changed from sitting there as an undergraduate and all of what you 've learnt as you 've applied your learning and heard people 's stories and counsel them how' has your outlook on life and love and relationships changed?
1: Oh, Lee, it's made me realize that loving is the most important thing we can do in life. That at the end of life, if we have not loved well, if we have not been in a community of people that we can truly call friends or family, um, that life, 1 Corinthians 13 says, is just like a clashing symbol. We just make a lot of noise. That loving well, is what we should focus on every day. Not just what we do well at work or at school, but to be able to nurture those relationships. It's important.
0: Because we don't often measure those, do we? We measure our work performance and our success academically, but not relationships.
1: Absolutely. But, you know, research in the U.S. shows that young people today, even though they're marrying less, they rate marriage and family as one of the most important things they long to have in their lives. So our young people today still realize, I want to have friendships, I want to have family, and they're really important to me. But what young people are realizing today, it is really, really difficult. And we don't give them good, healthy role models on how to do relationship well.
0: Is it more difficult for them than their parents?
1: They have watched the difficulty of their parents and have said, marriage looks like it's so hard. My parents have done it a very ugly way. I don't want to do it that way, but I still long to do it. And so they may be marrying less, but their heart to be loved and to be in a loving relationship is still very high.
0: Why have those relationships among their parents been so hard, do you think?
1: You know, many reasons. I think there was the revolution, the change in the 50s, 60s, 70s, that we now had the freedom to discover ourselves and emotional intelligence, uh, being healthy in relationships, now became a big demand and, and a pressure. And I think my generation, I'm in my 50s, Lee, um, we, we, our parents were, came out of the war and it was working hard was most important and in the 70s 80s 90s relationships became important in marriage your marriage relationship was vitally important because you no longer lived near your family or your community you commuted to your family and so really your community was between you and your husband if you got married and you became a community of two so the burden of what your husband or your wife meant to you became greater and more demands got placed on a marriage. We want out of our marriage, a best friend, someone whom we can laugh with, play with someone who is knows us, uh, who is quote out soulmate, which I call our safe haven. And so there's, been, you know, over the years, it's been a lot of pressures, uh, on marriage relationship.
0: And yet the young person of today still, Yearns for it, you say.
1: Yes. Are
0: they wired for that?
1: Oh, yes. We're wired for love. We do better. We flourish uh, uh, in relationships. When you have someone that you love and you care for in your life, you get over illnesses. It's a buffer to stress. It helps you be more resilient, helps you manage your emotions. And it really helps you be more successful and live longer in life. And the young people want to know how to do relationships well. And married people want to know how to stay married and foster a safe haven. And I tell you, Lee, we fight trying to find a safe haven and we will even divorce in hopes of finding a safe haven. And I believe that too many people are divorcing when they don't need to, because if they realize it is how I get stuck arguing that causes me to emotionally disconnect from my spouse. Not that my spouse is the wrong person for me. We usually marry the right person, but we usually get stuck arguing in a way that keeps us disconnected.
0: It's just such a circle.
1: It is. And I think couples today are thirsting for guidance on help me love well, help me foster that safe haven with my spouse.
0: So is it too simplistic? And without having a three hour conversation about this, To ask, what is the key to relationships working
1: well? Absolutely. I'm going to first start talking about uh, marriage relationship, and then we'll go to friendships. In marriage, on your wedding day, you are marrying what you hope to be the person that becomes your safe haven. And the two of you first being able to say, I want to be your safe haven. You can trust me to be a safe haven for you. And I long for you to be a safe haven for me. When every day you wake up saying to your spouse, sweetheart, I love you. I want to grow old with you. I want to be a safe haven for you. I want to be there for you. That, that will be huge because that's going to build trust that then I can trust you with me. If I know that it's your heart's desire to be a safe haven for me. Then secondly, realize that the argument cycle you get stuck in. And we all have one. We may have different arguments and different topics we argue about, but we have one cycle. And usually something gets triggered in us, even though we might be fighting about, oh, a wife might say, you don't lock the front door. You don't check the windows at night. You know, how could you? And she may criticize him, but we usually aren't arguing about the windows being locked. We're usually arguing about the dragons, what I call the meaning that we put on that,
0: which has got often a history.
1: Absolutely. Yes. yes. We get our dragons from maybe the way we were raised, our hurts, our wounds, our personality, and our life experiences. And that meaning gets put onto the windows. And when we can understand our own dragons and our spouse's dragons, it's going to be huge. So that Mike, my safe haven, my drop-dead gorgeous husband, (laughs) I don't mind saying so myself, that if I say to him, you know, you've haven't locked the doors, you don't care about me and my alarm sound off saying you're not my safe haven, I need to slow down and say, oh, Sharon, remember, Mike longs to be your safe haven. He wants to be your safe haven. What's going on inside of me? What's this really triggering? Then I come to realize that the he didn't lock the front door, or the windows has a greater meaning, the meaning that maybe I'm left alone. Um, he doesn't care about me. I have to fend for myself. When I realize that, I can start talking about that instead of reacting uh, out of it. And it, it's, it's huge.
0: I've listened carefully, which is new for a black <laughs> when it comes to relationships. <laughs> and it seems to me that a key element of this is to think of the other person instead of
1: myself. Um, true. You've got to think both. You've got to think okay. what is being triggered in me? Because for Mike, he might say, Sharon, you always complaining. So I didn't lock the front door. And then Mike's dragon gets raised that says, no matter what I do, it's not good enough. Then he battles and attacks me and says, no matter what I do, it's never good enough. You always complaining. And then my dragon says, oh, you're alone. He's not going to care for you. And I say to him, you're You know, self-centered. You do what you want to do. You don't care about me. And now our dragons are fighting. But when we slow down and I realize, you know, he wants to be my safe haven. It is my dragon that adds the meaning to the windows. I can come back and instead say, lovey, which we call each other in the (laughs) middle of a fight. Uh, It could be worse. It could be worse. Yes, (laughs) yes. You know, lovey, um, when you didn't close the windows, it sounded my alarms that made me feel like... You're not going to watch over me and I have to take care of myself. And no, that's not true. Um, Could you, though, double check to make sure the doors are locked at night? I share my legitimate complaint without the what's wrong with you Uh, added to it. Then he can hear my complaint instead of my attack. And then say, wow, she wants me to be a covering. You know, I can check the doors. She's not attacking me saying I'm never good enough. She just has a legitimate complaint.
0: Involves a lot of trust.
1: It does. It does. Loving and loving well does require trust. That's why I always say being in relationship requires us to grow our characters, to choose to grow characters. Because even in friendships... It's, oh, we easily hurt. You didn't call me back. How come you didn't sit next to me? You prefer that friend. You said something that felt like a criticism. And that our dragons get raised that say, danger, danger. I don't think you're my safe haven. I don't think you want to be my friend. And then we attack our friends instead of sharing our gentle vulnerability.
0: On Open Houseware with Dr. Sharon May, the founder of Haven of Safety. So let's talk about friendships. She said that we'll deal with marriages and friends. How are they going to be different in relationships?
1: Yes, even in friendships, our friends become our safe havens. And that even in friendships, we uh, long to know that our friend sees us, knows us and loves us and will look out for us, be there for us. And the same alarms will sound when we fear that our friends are not our safe havens. You're not there for me. You spoke behind my back. And the same things when our alarms sound, even with our friends, we usually react out of our crusty prickly side to protect our heart, rather than to try and be vulnerable. And I know vulnerability and trust is hard for Australians yes. because they are more, I'd rather be independent and self-sufficient,
0: self-sufficient
1: yes, yes, take care of myself, yeah. than risk to be vulnerable. But there's one thing if we can bookend all our conflicts with repair attempts that we can come back and say, you know, I value your friendship. I was really hurt when you didn't sit next to me. Um, I know I got mad and I sulked and I didn't talk to you for a few days, (laughs) but I want to come back. And instead I want to share that hurt my feelings, Um, but I care for you. I want to build a friendship. Sorry, I sulked for a few days, (laughs) but when we can come back and repair and be vulnerable, it deepens our friendships, causes our friendships to, to um, last a long time, Um, depth, when we are able to wrestle through hurts and conflicts, gives roots to, to friendships, and they last. And we need them to last, Lee. Yes, we do. Our health depends on yes. it.
0: <laughs> so you're the wife of the mighty Mike and the mother of four sons. This must be the perfect family if you've got all this scum.
1: Oh, Lee. <laughs> Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yes. The only thing we live on. Oh, great on. expert. Yes. We live on this side of heaven. Yes. And so we are still human. Uh, Mike and I still fight. <clears throat> I still say it's it's uh, um, his fault. No, no. Lobby. <laughs> yes, Lovey. <laughs> no. But, you know, it's we're able to pull back. We're able to go, whoa, we are just doing our cycle. Yeah. Uh, we're able to talk about it. We're able to come back and repair. And most importantly that we're able to um, humble ourselves and to say, I want to grow. I want to self-reflect. I want to take responsibility for when I'm not doing something right. I want to do it different. And so it's having that humbleness to say, Lord, grow me, teach me how to love well. And the Lord says, I will. And we've got to be careful because then the Lord says, but don't, don't you realize to love? Well, is going to require character. Relationships matter. Loving well is so important, building character helps us love well.
0: So Christian faith both informs and empowers better relationships.
1: Oh, definitely. Yes, Christian faith um, urges us to grow, um, to be different. And when we are able to humble ourselves, self reflect and choose to grow, I want to be a better friend, to be a better safe haven um it requires takes character friendship is not for the faint <laughs> no
0: and at the conference at the oasis conference you're urging people to find their safe haven in god
1: yes yes that you know research shows the neurobiology of when we are connected to God, the neurobiology of prayer, of meditation, of having faith and hope actually helps us recover from illness, helps us be more resilient and that God longs for us to find a safe haven with him. But most of us have a little bit of a fear of God, God, are you um, out there disconnected like my dad was not really caring about me or God, are you more like my mother that if I disappoint you? You're going to withdraw your love from me. Oh, God, should I fear you? And we bring our own dragons to how we view God. And God longs for us to get to really know him as that heavenly father who wants to be a safe haven for us. And, um, And God also says, but I haven't created you just to be in relationship with me. I've created you to be in relationships with each other. And then he urges us, go home. Build those friendships, take care of them and um, nurture your relationships within your family. Love your family. Even if it's a high conflictual family, go back home. And try and find ways that you can love, you can love well. Try and understand the heart of maybe that crusty grandmother who's always so prickly. She's probably protecting a lot of pain. Or a mother that's maybe more anxious and too overly involved. She probably has some pain in her past where maybe no one was caring for her and now has swung the pendulum. Or maybe a father who... Doesn't talk much and is maybe more harsh or disconnected. Maybe he doesn't know what to do with his emotions, but longs to know how to love. Maybe not with words, um, but just with sitting him. And so the Lord does long for us. Go home, learn how to love, build those relationships and learn how to be a safe haven with your spouse.
0: Dr. Sharon May, I think it's a gift that you're here in Australia, especially for the Oasis Conference. And I'm so grateful to meet you and have you on Open House Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you so much. And Lee, I know dad would want to say hello and send his greetings (laughs) to everyone in Australia.
0: Thank you. We hope you enjoy this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions.
1: To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.